Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's Friday morning, shank of the day, chore time here at Wax. Bob and Jill with you as we'll talk a little bit about the Farm Bureau annual convention. Starts, well, they'll register about, uh, I think, about 3 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, get into a lot of work all right on through Monday when they have the resolutions decide what the policy will be for the Farm Bureau as uh, they go forward. The next week, the Farmers Union will be down at the Wisconsin Dells. Two different locations, but both at the Dells. We'll talk about that. Some prices for commodities, including milk. And speaking of the Farm Bureau Federation, we're also going to have a conversation this morning. We talked to Zippy Duvall, the president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, oh, what, a week or two ago when we were down in Kansas City at our farm broadcasters meeting. Had a chance to uh, talk to Zippy for a while. We'll hear that this morning. Uh, he told me he will probably not be at the Wisconsin convention this weekend, but uh, at least we'll hear his voice talking about issues in agriculture, uh, some and many of which I'm sure will be discussed by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation later on this weekend. Also, uh, boy, that Osseo Fairchild FFA chapter under a new advisor keeps rolling along, and uh, we don't want to give it all away, but uh, boy, Amelia Hayden uh, was in the Twin Cities recently. She was. She did a fantastic job. I saw some of her presentation for CHS. And uh, CHS rewarding grants to chapters and different groups like that, and uh, Amelia bringing home a nice check from uh, CHS in the Twin Cities, right? She did. She brought home the $20,000 grant. She was first place, uh, and it's to be implementing more ag stuff into her class program. Well, that's uh, that's good stuff, so congratulations to Amelia Hayden down there, $20,000. That's a, a lot of money to go into uh, your FFA program. 
for uh, education of those kids down there in Osseo Fairchild, and uh, hope the Osseo Fairchild community appreciates what a go-getter they have in their ag teacher down there, Amelia Hayden. Also, speaking of the uh, Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of the things they do, they do a lot of things with young farmers and agriculturists because there are a lot of people involved in agriculture that are Farm Bureau members, but they're not farmers. But uh, they still all get involved in the discussion meets and different leadership organizations. But the uh, Farming for the Future Award recognizes young farmer members who excel in farming leadership ability and involvement. And uh, that competition is this weekend, and that'll be uh, basically tomorrow morning. And there are four finalists. Two of them are from our area, Dustin and Ashley Ellis from Buffalo County and Heather Erdman from Eau Claire County. They are the two finalists, and boy, you you are selected for this. It is, uh, well, it's going to be nice. The winner of the award will receive $1,500 from Growmark, the opportunity to attend the 2023 American Farm Bureau Federation Conference down in Jacksonville, Florida, will be eligible to participate in the 2023 Young Farmer Activities in Washington, D.C., the fly-in. Be a guest of Farm Bureau at the 2023 Young Farmer Conference. Total value of that prize valued at about $5,000. So lots going on at the Farm Bureau meeting down in Wisconsin Dells this weekend. And it might not be a bad weekend to be inside. We'll tell you why. Hey, guys. This is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with AutoTrader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on AutoTrader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. AutoTrader. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And as we mentioned, Heather Erdman from Eau Claire County is uh, one of those finalists for the Farm Bear Young Farmer. And uh, you know Heather very, very well, right? They're part of our 4-H yep. club. Yep. She. What you got? How many kids has she got of her own? They Steve? Got she four, and Steve? Four kids. All right. So uh, they're probably taking them down there so the kids can go in the water park while I'm Steve has to babysit while mom uh, competes, huh? Actually, the kids, at least two or three of them, went out to North Dakota to a cattle show. Oh, they did? For the, for the weekend. So I think mom and dad are down in uh, the Dells? Wisconsin Dells. And all some, by themselves? All by themselves. Oh, well, have fun down there, Steve and Heather, and good luck to Heather. That's, uh, that's good stuff. So, again, it's just uh, nice to follow the young people so involved in agriculture. Well, if you're going down today, wouldn't be a bad day. We've got uh, 42 the high today, a chance of rain and snow later on, and winds will be picking up. And uh, when the winds pick up, that'll blow in some cold weather. So from 42 today to 16 tomorrow, and again, windy conditions, so be aware of that. Then kind of straightening out again. Sunday, it'll be a sunny day. Should be upper 20s right around 30. Monday, about 34. Then back into the 20s on Tuesday and Wednesday. Maybe a chance of precipitation again on Wednesday. So again, today should be a nice one. If you're traveling to the Dells, get on there before it gets too late later in the day. 31 degrees right now. On a Friday morning at Wax, again, a nice day. 42, uh, but later on, it's going to get kind of, I don't know, rainy, snowy, windy. So be careful, because tomorrow it's only going to be about 16 above as the winds are picking up. 
It's a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. What's happening? NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Obama is making the case for Georgia Senator Raphael Warnock ahead of next week's runoff election against Herschel Walker. He's been working to lower prescription drug costs. He's been standing up for democracy. He's been protecting a woman's right to determine her own destiny. Obama joined Warnock during a rally in Atlanta on Thursday. He called the fellow Democrat a class act and a workhorse for the people of Georgia. The former president also ripped Walker, indicating the Republican challenger isn't qualified to be in the Senate. Early voting ends Friday in the Peach State before the December the 6th runoff. The U.S. and France reaffirming their support of Ukraine in the war against Russia. Speaking alongside French President Emmanuel Macron on Thursday, President Biden said the two nations will continue to provide strong support for Ukraine and will work together to hold Russia accountable. The Supreme Court will hear arguments on the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness plan. Lisa Taylor fills us in. The court, in a brief Thursday, said it would hear arguments in February with a decision soon to follow. The plan will remain paused until the court issues its decision. The plan gives federal borrowers earning less than $125,000 per year up to $10,000 in debt relief, with additional relief for Pell Grant recipients. I'm Lisa Taylor. NASA's Orion spacecraft is about to make a final pass by the moon on its historic journey before returning to Earth. The Orion capsule is the core of the Artemis One lunar mission and has spent the past 15 days traveling into deep space, making an unprecedented trip beyond the moon. The capsule is scheduled to splash down in the Pacific Ocean on December the 11th. And Kanye West's Twitter account has been suspended after Ye tweeted a post featuring a swastika. The now-deleted post went up Thursday evening after Ye appeared on the Alex Jones Infowars show and repeatedly said he liked Adolf Hitler. He posted a number of controversial tweets, including one with a picture of a swastika merged with the Star of David. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, if you're going to be traveling on the roadways, not too bad. At least for most of the day. It'll get up to about 42. We should have some sunshine around here. But then later on, clouds, wind, uh, chance of rain, snow later on in the day and into the evening and overnight. And down to about 7 degrees overnight, which is uh, considerably lower than we are right now. Tomorrow will be a rather cold day, only about 15 or 16, partly cloudy skies, and kind of straightening out again. 29 with sunshine on Sunday, cloudy on Monday, 34, 21 on Tuesday, partly sunny. Chance of more precipitation on Wednesday with a high about 26. Right now it's uh, 27 in Rice Lake, Medford 26, Wausau 28, Marshfield 25. La Crosse at 34, Green Bay 32, Madison Sun Prairie also at 32 this morning, Milwaukee at 39, and here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, 31 degrees right now, but remember tomorrow morning, it'll only be about 7 above. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's get our markets courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance, and of course they'll be busy this weekend as well down at the Farm Bureau Convention, Rural Mutual, a part of the Farm Bureau here in Wisconsin. All right, Jill, what's the market look like for livestock? Choice fed beef steers are 144 to 160 and a half, with mixed at 116 to 143. Choice fed beef heifers are 143 to 163, with mixed at 103 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 147, with select and silage fed steers at 80 to 129. Cows are 58 to 95, with bulls at 60 to 101. 
Butcher hogs are 75 to 93 and a quarter. Sows are 41 and a half to 45, with boars at 15 to 17. Shorn market lambs are 111 to 124, with one no quote on the unshorn market lambs. Feeder lambs are 105 to two dollars. Ewes are 65 to 97 and a half, with small goats at 10 to 185 dollars. Medium goats at 45 to 245 dollars. Large goats at 145 to 530 dollars, and nanny goats at 70 to 305 dollars. And livestock futures yesterday closed the higher for feeder cattle and hogs, mostly lower for live cattle. December live cattle finished at 15305. That was down two. February 155.42 down 25. April at 159.25 closing again two cents lower, and uh, higher for June. June cattle 155.72 that was up 15 cents. But feeder cattle and hogs were higher. January feeder cattle 181.07 that was up 60 cents. March 184.30 up 85. April up a dollar at 187.80. May up a dollar seven at 190.85. And August up 57 at uh, 200. Dollars ninety seven cents, and lean hogs higher. December eighty three twelve that was up twenty two. February eighty nine twenty that was up three eighty five. April hogs up three sixty at ninety four twenty five. May at ninety eight ninety seven that was up three fifty seven. Board of trade was lower yesterday across the board. Soybeans were lower, led by uh, ethanol numbers, the renewable fuel standards not uh, not. What the uh, industry was hoping for. Also, uh, South American news, getting some rain down there, and uh, they're selling more and more of their product to some of the customers we had. That put a real damper on soybean prices. Corn and wheat were also lower on poor export news, and overnight the markets went lower again. March corn down another three cents overnight at 657. Oats down a penny at 377. March wheat down 12, 771. March soybeans down three cents at fourteen thirty three, and soybean meal for March up seventy cents a ton at four hundred twenty dollars and forty cents. Dairy markets were better yesterday. Barrel cheese up eight cents at one eighty nine and three quarters. Blocks up three and a half at two ten a pound. Butter, the only one we saw going lower, that was down four and a half cents. Butter traded yesterday at two eighty eight a pound. December class three, we got twenty dollar milk on the board again. December class three up thirty seven at twenty twenty. January up 61 cents at 20.03. February up 46 at 1989. March up 28 at 1993. And April up 14 at 1994. As prices were higher for all months out through next fall. And again, this Osseo Fairchild keeps them moving along. We told you earlier about uh, Amelia Hayden going up and making a presentation in front of CHS and getting the top prize of $20,000. But, uh, Jill, we're going to hear from some of these students. What is this program we're going to hear in a moment all about? The um, four students from Osu Fairchild FFA put together a proposal to get ag education back into the community and into, um, had help and do a presentation with the elementary students too. And it's through Domino's Pizza and it's a $2,000 grant that they won. All right. And they actually went to Michigan for this. They went to Michigan. Right. They yeah. And there were there are only three in the nation. Wow. So uh, moving. Osseo Fairchild FFA is moving. We'll talk about that. Jill had a conversation with those students. We'll hear that next on WAX right now. It's 11 minutes after 5. 
31 degrees. Most places at least in the upper 20s this morning. Not a bad morning. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The members of the Asu Fairchild FFA were able to secure a grant. And it's bringing education and agriculture together. We're getting it out of the classroom and getting it into the community. First up, I've got Brian Zimmerman. What was the process to filling out the grant, and who did you get the grant from? So we filled a, a grant application that was put on by Domino's for any organization for a agricultural education event for their community. And you were one of the top three in the nation. With that placing, what did you guys get to do? So Domino's paid for us to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan for four days and do a whole bunch of activities there with the other uh, top three organizations that were there. So these activities, were they team building, leadership? Tell me a little bit about those. A lot of team building activities, and we really just got to know the other people that we were there with and had fun. Each one of us gave a presentation to the first one to the Domino's employees who spoke to us shortly before we did that. And the second one was for everyone else to give us pointers on what we could change about our presentation and what we could maybe do a little bit better with our speaking. Up next, I got Mason Sheffer. What did you get to tour at Domino's? While we were in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we got to tour the World Domino's headquarters. What's so great about the World Headquarters? Um, that's kind of the origin starting place of where all the Domino's stores came from. And what did you do there? Um, we did a lot of team building activities, like Brian said, and we got to learn how they make pizzas. Did you make some pizza? Yes, we did. So what's your favorite kind of pizza? Probably meat lovers. Beyond Domino's, you also went and visited a farm. Um, so we went outside of Ann Arbor to the Horning Family Farm. And we got to learn about their dairy operation. And I'll have over 400 head of dairy of Holstein and Jersey cattle. So did they show you from the start to finish the product? Yes. Uh, they started off showing us where the calves were in the pens. And then they worked their way through the different ages of cattle to, like, the milking station. Do they supply milk to Domino's? Domino's actually buys a lot of the milk and cheese from Horning Family Farms. I've got Tamika Iceburner. You get a grant, but you have to do something with it. This grant was $2,000 for us, and we are going to put on an event that will get people to educate where their milk comes from and the process of the milk. So you say people, but do you have a certain age group you're aiming at? We have one event that is just for like school, and then we have an event for the community. Tell me about the event for school. We are going to go out to a farm, and they are going to see the process of the calvings and then the pens to the parlor. The age group, we said elementary, which grade? Fourth grade. That is our main target. Are you going to do this in the spring or winter? We are going to plan on the spring. just depends on the weather. Last but not least, I've got Elizabeth Zimmerman. We talked about an event for school-age students. But you guys are going to do a community event, too. 
Tell me about that. So basically, we are going to advertise that we are putting on an event that is going to tour four different places, a dairy farm, a beef farm, a cheese factory, and a feed mill, um, basically just to um, educate the public to get them more involved in the agriculture process. So you're going to advertise it. Are you going to have speakers at each of these places? We are going to give a tour or have a tour guide. Is it going to be a timed event? Are you going to rent buses so everybody goes together, or is everybody kind of on their own to get there? We are taking a school bus to all the places. Um, That's what most of the grant money was for, to get the school bus and cover the cost of the school bus. Some of the other costs. Maybe there will be some samples involved. What do you think? Absolutely. And a great uh, chapter there in Getting Better down at Osseo Fairchild FFA. Now, that's that. $2,000 $2,000 completely different than what Amelia Hayden got in $20,000 last night from CHS. It just shows how much how much they're doing down there now with Amelia as the advisor. Absolutely. And this grant was spearheaded more by the kids. This is a project that the kids are going to be putting on and, you know, coordinating and everything. Oh, good. So congratulations. Uh, moving ahead, that Osseo Fairchild FFA. And speaking of moving ahead... We've got some farm news to look at. We've got some numbers to look at. And we're going to do that next right here on Wax, almost 17 minutes after 5. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Lots of numbers to look at today. And, of course, the big news affects agriculture and everybody else. Is the Senate did vote yesterday to head off that uh, potentially economically disastrous freight rail strike following the House's lead in imposing a labor contract dispute from uh, unions' anger about the lack of concessions on sick pay. And uh, President Biden expected to quickly sign that legislation, so the rail strike, not going to happen. And uh, it's good news. You don't want to interfere with labor, but... Uh, you know, the overall economy is so important here and so much at risk. All right, other numbers, Jill. USDA economists wasted no time in issuing the official November 3 milk price. It came out this week at $21.01 a hundred, down 80 cents from the October price, but $3.98 more than last November's price. For the first 11 months of this year, Class 3 price averaged $22.09. The highest price so far this year was in May when the Class 3 hit $25.21, which is the all-time Class 3 price for any month. All-time high. All-time high. USDA economists have also released the October all-milk price. For Wisconsin, that price was $24.40 a hundred, up $2.30 from September and $4.70 better than last October. But it was also a dollar and a half lower than the U.S. all milk price for October. The highest all milk price in October was in Florida and Georgia, where their price was $28.70. Of the 24 leading milk producing states, only Michigan and New Mexico had a lower all milk price in October than Wisconsin. All right, so uh, again, gotta get that price up there, that's for sure for everybody, not just Wisconsin. Almost 20 minutes after five. Zippy Duvall is president of the American Farm Bureau Federation as the Wisconsin Farm Bureau gets into convention this weekend. We talked to him recently. We'll hear what he's got to say. Coming up on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The president of the American Farm Bureau Federation is uh, Zippy Duvall and uh, always has the Farm Bureau involved in the agricultural fray all over the country. I guess, first of all, Zippy... 
your impressions of the recent election. What do you think it means for agriculture? We're going to have the Republicans in the House, Democrats in the Senate. What does this election tell you about the future of agriculture and maybe a farm bill? Well, I think it, uh, you know, having a, each side of the Congress being guided by different parties, I think it gives us the opportunity to do my bipartisan work. You know, I'm an optimistic person. I think after the pandemic and not just farmers and ranchers having difficult times, but people, families concerned about the price and availability of their food, I think there's an interest in food and food production more than it has been in my lifetime. I think that helps us have the conversations. I think the big challenge is the new people coming to town to be uh, legislators, congressmen, senators. Uh, the ones that are coming have never written a farm bill, so some of them might not even know what a farm bill is, you know, so it's going to be our job to talk to them about it's really a farm and food bill. I don't know why we don't call it that because that's what it is. Even more of a food bill than a farm bill in many ways. Yeah, 80% of the ways it's more of a food bill than it is a farm bill. You know, keeping those two pieces of legislation together helps us get the support to provide risk management tools for farmers and a risk management tool for family that's going to be able to have available food, uh, whether it be uh, just on the shelf or whether it be through programs for people that are, are in hard times. Supposed to have it in 2023, but with uh, a lot of these new congressmen coming in, leadership now in the House, they think it's too expensive. Are we going to be able to get a vote even on a farm bill, do you think? Just like I said, I'm optimistic person, and, and I'm going to say up front we're going to get it done this year. Because I think if we say anything different, we won't get it done. So our goal needs to, is to, it needs to be that we're going to get it done this year. We're going to do the work that has to be done to educate those people and tell them how important that is. And if that doesn't work, we'll continue working until we get one. What do you think is the real work that you need to get done to explain to these people? Because in the 3rd the District in Wisconsin, we have a, a new congressman, changed, uh, changed sides of the aisle, doesn't really know all that much about agriculture, but wants to be on the Agriculture Committee. What kind of work is it going to take to get those people to move forward with a farm bill? Well, we're going to be leaning on our grassroots to do a lot of that because uh, those people need to have the opportunity to sit down and hear directly from a farmer and I could do that in Georgia to a Georgia congressman because I'm still farming back in Georgia. Let them hear how these issues face affect our farms. Let them hear the stories how crop insurance saved them to the next uh, next crop. To let them hear how the programs that we've developed in dairy have helped farmers survive difficult pricing times. You know, it took us a long time to get there, but a lot of those programs are maturing and becoming very helpful, especially in dairy. They need to hear the real stories from their constituents. We're telling our farmers they need to, they need to be emailing, calling. They need to be at every town hall meeting. They need to be opening up their farms, not only for congressmen and senators, but the people that work for them. I had a daughter that worked for con a congressman for 10 years, almost 10 years, and she was with several different congressmen, and she'd go to a different state, and she grew up on a farm, but she'd go to a different state and learn about different agriculture, and she realized how little she did know. And that's what we need to do. We need to open it up, tell our story, and tell them how the farm bill affects us. And I think that most congressmen and senators up there, when they realize that, and then they also realize how... Uh, the nutrition program is going to help their families that are in need, and I think they're going to come forward with a uh, attitude that they want to find a solution and get this done. 
You mentioned dairy and the programs have been put in place, DMC and others, but yet there's still need to update dairy policy. You recently had a meeting in Kansas City. You led it with the American Farm Bureau Federation on federal milk marketing order modernization, not changes, but modernization. How successful do you feel that was as far as getting modernization as well as bringing maybe some diverse ideas and dairy to the table? I think it was a tremendous success. I will give credit to uh, to our delegates at the convention and our dairy working group and Secretary Vilsack for challenging us to get the industry together. And our delegates asked us to do that at the last convention. And that dairy working group and our, our staff worked really hard to put together a very diverse group of people from processors to farmers to co-ops and their leaders to really have a serious conversation about the future. And, you know, that's just the first step. I know the next step will be moving toward having a, uh, uh, a milk market hearing at, at, uh, at USDA, and I'm sure that all those wheels are turning to move in that direction. It's time. Uh, I don't know in, in my adult life that we've really had a meeting of the minds like we did that. And I've, I've had, you know, we do a lot of meetings, but I've never heard so many people say, that was a good meeting. Darren saying, we should have had this meeting a long time ago, and it shouldn't be the last one. Zippy Duvall with me, President of the American Farm Bureau Federation, and there's so many issues in agriculture, but as we speak here at our National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention, we heard from a Ukrainian farmer. How concerned are you about that situation? And I don't know if you had a chance to speak to this gentleman, but he delivers a pretty horrific story about what's going on in Ukraine, over and above agriculture, but agriculture very much affected by it. That has to be something you're, you're really worried about. First thing that comes to my mind is uh, my heart goes out to them and our prayers go to heaven for them. And I can't imagine what they're going through, not just as farmers, but could you imagine someone attacking our own country and us having to protect our, our lands and our families and all the things that we've worked for all our life and, and having it destroyed like that. And how long will it take them to get back to some normal life? And how long will it be take to get those fields cleaned up and be able to plant them again? Who knows? And then if you go beyond their border and how it affects the rest of the world and what's going on in all the discussions, we talk about world hunger. And I think there's a big possibility that happened. You see in uh, countries, and we're trying to encourage them not to do that, but you're seeing countries draw back and hold their food for their own food security. Uh, you're seeing uh, limitations on fuels and, and fertilizers coming out of Russia and in that area of the country, which is going to limit production. Then we're having climate discussions and programs like you hear in Europe where those climate projects they're putting forward is not going to increase production. It's going to reduce production. And so all that put together sets us up for some very hard times for, for put people that can't afford to uh, buy food and have it available for them and and i worry about that as a christian my heart just goes out to everyone there shouldn't be a child in this world that goes to bed tonight with a hungry stomach when america 
and so many other countries have the potential to be so productive. And we need to think about people and and their families uh, before we think about anything else. But we have to find an end to that war, and I hope that the powers uh, that to be are working on stopping that. And this day and time, this should be a way to solve conflict without fighting. There should be. And as we look at our American producers, 2022 was, was a challenging year with prices, the supply chain disruptions. But looking ahead to 2023, where prices are going to be, is China going to be back in the market? There are just so many issues that American agriculture has to deal with. You know, we're looking at high input prices, whether it be fuel or fertilizer or, or crop protection products. Uh, we're looking at low levels in, of water in the Mississippi. We're looking at a lack of transportation drivers for trucks. We're looking at a threatening rail strike. And we've had tremendous problems at the port. Hoping that the, uh, the law that was passed on Shipping Reform Act will, will help that. But, I mean, there's tremendous problems out there that we have to face. But having said all that, this is not the first time we've been in facing a lot of problems. We, You know, I've been farming all my life. There's always a set of problems out there. Uh, sometimes they're similar and sometimes they're different. But agriculture, the American farmer is very resilient. He'll find a way through this. The people that I worry about, I, I lived and worked dairy through the 80s. And I worry about our young farmers and the people that started farming since then because they haven't experienced anything like we did during that time. And I hope we never see that situation where we're paying 18% interest, and now we're seeing interest rates raised. My son and I had a conversation this week about interest rates being, you know, getting up to 8 9%, and I said, you, you still don't know anything. I know it's bad, but you still don't have a clue what it could be if it was something else. So that's the biggest thing going for us, and I worry about the young people and getting them through this so that they continue to be the, the producers of the future. And again, Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, and speaking about uh, many issues involved in agriculture, including that Ukrainian war. Remember, we talked. To, we said we talked to a Ukrainian farmer. And uh, next Tuesday, uh, I'd like you to make sure you're listening about this time because we're going to talk. We're going to interview that I sat down and did one on one with Case Poizinga, a Ukrainian farmer, Ukrainian dairy farmer. And through all this war, he's talking about expanding his dairy operation. But one question I asked him that he really didn't answer and i asked him after the interview i said you didn't really expand on the question i asked you about how bad is it around the country and what we're seeing in this country from our news media all networks i don't care whether you're left or right or who you watch fox cnn nbc cbs i said all of our news media i said uh, what we're seeing how close to accurate is it he said not even close to what we're seeing on the ground over there. He said, you walk into those cities and you see dead bodies, you see arms and legs laying around there from those bombings and the shelling. What you're seeing, the American media, the audience couldn't take. So again, it's a serious situation over there. And he won't, uh, he didn't go into a lot of detail, but uh, it struck me why he didn't. And I asked him why he didn't. And he told me, he says, because the American public wouldn't be able to stand it. It's just, it's too gruesome of what the result of some of these bombings are in Ukraine. So we'll talk to uh, Case Poizinga, a Ukrainian farmer. That'll be next Tuesday morning here on Wax. We've got other news to take a look at. We'll check our weather. It's a busy morning here 
at Wax. And uh, again, we've got uh, things going on, including some news. And uh, we're going to get to Morgan, of course, in just a little while to take a look at some of our morning news. We'll also get to Mike Dandrea as we talk about our weather, because nice day today, not so nice tomorrow. He'll tell us what's really going on. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to get over to Mike Dandry and check out what's going on weather-wise, because the weather is going to be changing, as it always does this time of the year. But uh, again, some more folks around the area want to talk about. The University of Wisconsin Extension 4-H Youth Development Program is inducting five people into the Wisconsin 4-H Hall of Fame who have made a difference in 4-H, working with uh, young people. The Hall of Fame established to recognize 4-H volunteers, financial supporters, staff, and pioneers who made major contributions to 4-H at the local, state, and national levels. And from our area, Sandy Miller, Dunn County 4-H volunteer, inducted into the Wisconsin 4-H Hall of Fame. So congratulations to uh, Sandy and Thank you for all your work in 4-H, making a difference in the lives of so many kids in Dunn County and beyond. Well, making a difference in our life is Mother Nature, as she always does. Let's find out how much uh, things are going to change around here. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13. Boy, it's a nice morning out there now, Mike. Yeah, it sure is. And, uh, Bob, i just going to ask, did you fasten your seatbelt yet? Why? Because it is going to be a roller coaster ride of temperatures. Oh boy. I figured you were going to tell it. And then the wind's going to. Uh, well, you just tell it. What's happening out there? Well, put it this way you'll want to certainly tie down your uh, holiday decorations going into tonight because it'll be breezy throughout the afternoon, of course, but uh, it'll actually be out of the south to help warm us up into the low 40s for our highs. But we'll continue to see mainly cloudy skies dominating. And then later on in the early evening hours, this is where we'll have a chance at some rain and snow showers heading our way. But that's when those winds will really pick up out of the northwest. Now, there is a wind advisory scheduled for 6 o'clock tonight for some of our far western counties, mostly the ones bordering Minnesota, as we could see winds gusting near 50 miles per hour in a few of those spots, but about 35 to 40 miles per hour in others. Otherwise, that'll drop our temperatures quite a bit as well as we dip to the single digits tonight. Bitter cold tomorrow, mostly sunny on mid to upper teens for our highs. Mainly clear tomorrow night, but our temperatures will start to rise through the overnight again as we get mostly into the upper teens through the overnight. And tomorrow, or excuse me, Sunday, more sunshine getting into the upper 20s. Monday does bring a slight chance, a little bit of snow showers heading our way, but otherwise clouds will dominate right around the freezing point for our highs. And continuing on with the roller coaster ride of temperatures, upper teens and low 20s for Tuesday, mainly a cloudy sky and a little bit more sunshine uh, later in the day on Wednesday after an initial chance at some snow showers early on with highs into the upper teens. Thursday, another cold one into the low 20s for our highs. But now, as you had mentioned, Bob, it's really not that bad of a start. We have some clouds rolling in and a temperature of 30 degrees now. Oh, nice morning out there. But but it just looks like tomorrow and then good weather again, or better weather. It, well, yeah, a little better. And then Tuesday, we're back down. Wednesday, back down. Well, so mid-20s, that's not bad for December. No, I mean, our average highs are into the mid low to mid-30s right now, and then low 20s, it's about 10 degrees shy, so could be worse, as we all know. Well, when you talk about December weather, and you don't talk wind chill, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, right? I'll, I'll take that. Uh, so will I. 
right. It's not like out in North Dakota where they got to uh, put their cap on lock 24 hours a day, don't they? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. How bad is the wind going to be out there if it's going to be that bad around here? Let's, uh, let's just say that when we have winds of like 30, 35 miles per hour, that's just Tuesday in my old neck of the woods. <laughs> I remember being out there for a farm broadcaster meeting in... Uh, I don't know, Fargo or Grand Forks or someplace, and we were going to take a bus tour, and so I had to go out the door on the side, and I couldn't get the door open. I went to the <laughs> desk, and I said to the clerk, I said, how come I can't get out that door? Why you got that door locked? He said, that's not locked. I said, well, it won't open. And he started laughing. He walked over there, and he put his shoulder into it, and he opened it. He said, no, when the wind blows that hard, you can't open it unless you know what you're doing. The wind, the wind had the door like it was locked. Yeah, you need a linebacker to open the door. Oh, that's for sure. That is for sure. All right, Mike, have a good weekend. You too, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. There you go. Yeah, the wind's in North Dakota. I remember when I first moved up here, been, you were still a baby in your mom's arms. Used to watch on a sunny day, and there'd be a haze over, and you wonder, what in the world's that? You know, the clouds. or It was North Dakota topsoil. Blowing all the way across here, the winds were so uh, so high, the upper level wind. So, yeah, it can happen. So, windy conditions, be ready for it. All right, we got to get moving here. We've got uh, twenty eight two minutes before six o'clock. We'll get some local news. We'll get Morgan in here next. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. Twenty one minutes before six o'clock. Good wax, 30 degrees right now. We're going to have about 42 today. This time tomorrow will be oh, single digits around the area. The wind blowing pretty good as well. Well, it's Friday morning. We've uh, got some national news. We've got farm news. We've got weather. Let's get some local news. Morgan McCarthy joins us in the newsroom this morning. Good morning, Morgan. What's going on? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. The western Wisconsin man who threatened to kill people to get his child back is looking at charges. Prosecutors in Buffalo County yesterday said charges will be coming against Samuel Holmes. He's the man arrested on Wednesday after the sheriff's office says he threatened employees of Buffalo County Health and Human Service and also called Lutheran Social Services here in Eau Claire with threats. Ten people are charged in a meth and fentanyl distribution ring. This is in Fond du Lac County. Sheriff Ryan Waldschmidt there saying. This is another example of a case that grew to this level out of the hard work of uh, a patrol level in this case, sheriff's deputy uh, doing his thing out on the highways, out on the streets, gathering intelligence and then passing that intelligence and that information on to our MEG unit who grew this case into the size and magnitude that it is. A months-long investigation tracked delivery and distribution of over 100 pounds of methamphetamine with an approximate street value of $1 million. Ten of those charged are in custody. Three remain at large. Well, there'll be a change up around the meeting table as uh, City Council President Terry Well here in Eau Claire announced he will not seek re-election as City Council President when his term expires, which is spring of 2023. So in addition to uh, being on the City Council, he's a real estate agent, former business owner, familiar name to the community, and has actually served as Council President for the past four years. In terms of what's next, Emily Berge announced she'll be running for that seat on the city council. Looking across the state and into other headlines, we see that PFAS are back on the agenda. Wisconsin's governor is looking to take the first step toward regulating the so-called forever chemicals. Governor Tony Evers is expected to ask the Department of Natural Resources Board for permission to create standards for PFAS pollution. Now, currently, there are no state regulations at all because people who control the DNR board say that the proposal set limits earlier this year and that was okay. The DNR, though, was hoping for better luck this time as the federal EPA recently set its own 
PFAS guidelines. Well, in Barron County, they're behind the wheel, partnering with four area automotive dealers in the county, and that's to launch a new program, Back to Basics, Arrive Alive. That's a way to share safe driving information with everyone, whether you're driving for work, school, or just as a commuter. Maybe you're behind the wheel now listening, and we appreciate you doing that. So we'll take this little road trip across the pond. We're going to go to France, where there's a special protected status awarded to, let's just say it's not an animal. UNESCO, the UN's cultural body, announced on Wednesday that the baked artisanal bread has been officially recognized on their list of intangible cultural heritage. The baguette joins other protected culinary traditions from around the world, including Neapolitan pizza, kimchi, the Mediterranean Mediterranean diet and Belgian beer. UNESCO's director general says the baguette's protected status will ensure that the artisanal way of baking is passed on to the next generation. I'm Michael Kastner. You know, I looked into regulations. I think we can get Bob's sister barn and her easy bake oven recipes under that same kind of protected status. And we send it back to the barn with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax. 104.5. I do love a good baguette. Morgan, thank you very much. I don't think the uh, Easy Bake Oven or the Susie Homemaker is big enough to get get a big, long baguette in there, but uh, it's good. Oh, fresh bread, warm bread right out of the oven, whether it's a Susie Homemaker or Easy Bake or whatever, it's all good. Thanks, Morgan. Morgan McCarthy with us. On a Friday morning at Wax, taking a look at our news, we've got more farm news to take a look at. One thing I want to uh, pass along, and I saw this. This came over here a while back, Jill. I don't know if you were ever involved in this or not, but uh, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, they have a contest, the National Anthem Contest. Were you ever familiar with anything like that, singing the National Anthem? Uh, uh, no, and I can't sing, so I would be well, then you wouldn't not win this. well. But, but they, they have announced the winner of their annual National Anthem Contest, and it's a young lady... From Wisconsin, Frankie Moscato says uh, her family has been farming since before her ancestors arrived from Wales in 1857. I believe they farm over in the Oshkosh area. Now, as the winner, Frankie Moscato from Wisconsin will perform the national anthem. I assume that'll be the national anthem, maybe more songs as well. But she'll be at the 2023 Cattle Industry Convention in New Orleans in February. So congratulations to Frankie Moscato. Yes, of Oshkosh. She won the 10th Annual National Anthem Contest for the uh, cattle industry. So that's good stuff. And we'll take a look at more farm news. Got some calendar items to look at on a Friday morning at Wax. 30 degrees right now. Almost a quarter to six on a Friday morning here at Wax. And, Joe, we talked about uh, some dairy numbers, but uh, what about uh, other numbers? Yeah, let's talk prices for other commodities produced across the state were mixed in October. Corn averaged $5.99 a bushel, down $1.13 from September, but up $1.20 from a year ago. Soybean prices averaged $13.20. 90 cents below September, but $1.40 more than last October. It was the same trend for oats, which averaged $4.47 a bushel, 6 cents below September, but 43 cents more than last October. Hay prices were also mixed as the all hay price was $149 a ton in October. That's $5 more than September, but $2 below a year ago. Alfalfa hay sold for $169 a ton in October. That's up $8 from September and $5 more than last October. All right. So, again, uh, every once in a while, they bombard us with prices of what's been going on. 
And so we like to share those with you. We'll look at the calendar here in just a moment. Uh, we've already talked about the American Fire, or the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, rather, going to a convention, registration about 3 o'clock this afternoon, and fun and entertainment tonight, then the Young Farmer Activities tomorrow, banquet on Sunday with a lot of a lot of sessions as well, and Monday the resolutions will be discussed. But, hey, still time as a thank you for all your hard work. You know, a lot of people associated with hard work, and obviously farmers are, but our farm team here at Wax giving the gift of pork this season. You could win a half a hog and a chest freezer to put it in from Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. What a nice pair. Smith Brothers Meats of Colby, Abbotsford Appliance. Half a hog and a chest freezer. Now, to do this, you don't have to call or do anything. You can do it right at home. Go to the uh, Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com, or you can do it on your app to register, and you still have some time because uh, we'll end the registration on the 18th of December and give somebody an awfully nice Christmas present. Again, a half a hog from Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and a chest freezer to put it in from Abbotsford Appliance. So get that registration done. Go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com, or you can do it on your app to register. But get it done, as they say. All right, we've got some calendar items. We know the Farm uh, Farm Bureau in meetings this weekend down at the Dells, but, uh, Jill, there are other things going on as well. December 5th isn't that far away. That's right. Voting is open for your FSA county committee elections, and your ballots, ballots have to be postmarked by December 5th, and that is Monday. So I'll get those ballots mailed out. And, and, if- and again, that's uh, only every year a third of the county votes is the three-year terms, and it just rolls over. So not everybody in the counties is going to have a ballot. So if you don't have one, you probably aren't in the third of the county that's voting this year. But uh, if you are, and you know you are, and you don't have a ballot, contact your county FSA office, and they'll contact them today because you got to have the ballot in, as Jill said, by Monday. What else? Well, if you're hungry for fish tonight, head to the St. Olaf's Men's Club at the St. Olaf Parish. They're putting on all-you-can-eat fish fry tonight from 4 to 7, and it's sit-down meal or walk-ups and carryouts are available. All right, so some things going on. And, of course, uh, next week, as we said, Farmers Union in convention down at Wisconsin Dells. Busy meeting season going on. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 11 minutes before 6 o'clock, 30 degrees out there. We're going to head over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.49. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.45. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.30 to $1.43. Choice Holstein steers $1.15 to $1.29. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.14 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 68 to 78 with a top of 83 and a half. 60% of the cows sold from 49 to 67. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 48 and down. Organic market from two Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 75 to 90. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 74 and down. Cold bulls sold from 75 to 95. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 75 to $140 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $75 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $225 per head. 
Hogs on Thursday, boar sold from 18 to 24. Sow sold from 50 to 61. We had a top of 71. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, December 2nd, starting at noon. We are expecting four to 500 head for this sale. We'll have a lot of good vaccinated long-time weaned beef calves for this sale. There will also be a good assortment of Holstein feeder steers and heifers of all sizes. We will also have 25 to 30 bred beef cows at this sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it won't be long. Marika Gouda will be uh, in Eau Claire moving into the old Pier 1 out there as you uh, got across from Oakwood Mall. That'll about February, I think, so that'll be nice. All right, let's get over to the Stratford uh, sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? Well, good morning to you, Bob. We're doing good, and uh, just uh, so that'll be convenient for you. You won't have to come all the way out to Thorpe to get your cheese then. No, I like to go out to the plant and the dairy right across there. People haven't been there. It's uh, it's worth the trip, especially if you got kids that have never seen cows milked and the whole process. It's a great concept that, uh, that uh, Marika and the family put together out there, that's for sure. Well, let's yep, get it. to the markets and wrap up the week. What's been going on over at Stratford? All right, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. On the cow market, now these are conventional-type cows. On the close yesterday, high-yielding Holstein cows yesterday sale. We're selling from 68 to 80. Extreme top on the cows this week did reach 87.5, and that was on beef cows on Wednesday's auction. Uh, Both of the cows on the close yesterday were selling from uh, 51 to 67. Thinner cows, lighter carcass cows below 51. On the bull trade this week, better quality bulls selling mostly from 83 to 95. Lighter weight bulls, 82 and down. On the organic market, we sell those on Tuesday. Higher yielding organic cows this week were 80 to 89. Uh, lower yielding organics below 80. On the fed cattle trade, choice grading beef steers selling mostly from $1.30 to $1.44. Choice grading Holstein steers from $1.18 to $1.37. Select cattle, underfinished cattle, 115 and below. Uh, to the calf market now, good quality Holstein bull calves. Uh, they were mostly from 75 to 150 on the close. On Monday's auction, though, we had a lot of bull calves sell from 150 up to a top of 205. Heifer calves this week, 25 to 45, and your good quality beef calves, 150 to 300. And again, uh, a lot of fancy beef calves on Monday's auction from 300 to a top of 365. We want to take a look at the uh, schedule for here at Equity Stratford next week, full marketing week, of course, next week. But we do have a, a dairy cattle auction coming up on December 6th. That will be, of course, next Tuesday. We do have a very nice herd of cows, complete herd dispersal, 60 Holstein cows, Thai star milk cows, uh, they're left outside every day, but uh, very good components on these cows. They're, the herd is averaging 80 pounds, 4-1 fat, very low somatic at 90. Uh, the herd is all bred back to black Angus bulls. And, folks, uh, we know how, how much higher these black Angus calves are compared to the Holsteins. And the herd is all vaccinated. So, again, this real fine herd will be for sale next Tuesday here at Stratford. Don't forget, next Wednesday, next feeder auction, feeder cattle auction also will have bred beef cows next week. And uh, we have those on the consignment list. So, Busy week coming up, but in the meantime, folks, enjoy the weekend, and uh, I don't know, um, 
Football's pretty much done with on the college level, isn't it? Or well, we got a few games. I think Army Navy has to play. That's always fun to watch that game. But uh, yeah, otherwise Sunday, I think they announced the Bulls will know where the Badgers are going to play. So. That's coming up, and, and of course we've got our Packers and the Bears. That's always a big traditional game, so two teams are in last place. <laughs> hey, you have a good weekend, Joe. We'll talk to you next week. Bob, you and Joe also, and uh, stay warm. We will stay warm. Jerry Fitzgerald over there at Equity Stratford. Got your shopping done yet? Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, and stop at Johnson Tractor, the location. Need uh, some nice red farm toy gifts for the kids? They got them. All right, let's look at the uh, markets as we wrap things up. Markets were lower yesterday, lower overnight. March corn this morning down three at 657. The oats down one at 377. March wheat down 12 at 771. March soybeans down three cents, 1433. Soybean meal up 70 cents overnight at $420.40 at the country elevators today. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 591 with soybeans at 1368. At the Connersville location, corn's at 586 with soybeans at 1358. On the DTN screen, corn at Baldwin, 612, beans 1355. Over at Duran, 603 on the corn, 1349 on the soybeans. Mondovi, 614 and 1354 at Elmwood. Corn is 612, beans 1359 at Fall Creek. 594 on the corn, 1334 on the beans. And at Osseo, corn 617, beans 1359. Out at Elk Mound, the corn 605, beans 1353. Sparta, 594 and 1335. And Ellsworth, corn 582, beans 1305. Ethanol plants, Boyceville 612. Stanley and the Richmond facilities, 611. Barrel cheese up eight yesterday, 189 and three quarters. Blocks up three and a half at 210 a pound. Butter down four and a half, 288. Class three prices higher. December up thirty seven at twenty twenty a hundred. January up sixty one at twenty oh three. February up forty six at nineteen eighty nine. March up twenty eight nineteen ninety three. And April up fourteen at nineteen ninety four. And prices were higher each month out through next fall. Again, thirty degrees right now. We'll get to the low forties today, and then the winds coming in, and some rain and some sleet later on this evening and tonight. Tomorrow morning, it'll be about 7 above. Enjoy it. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chelsea family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.